Underpowered Hour. On this week's show, we talk about the brand new Range Rover Carmel Edition. We give a workshop update and we talk about our fantastic and engaging Instagram poll. And now, here's the show. Welcome to the Underpowered Hour. I'm Steve Barris, mild-mannered television executive by day and Land Rover collector by night. You can find out more about our cars and what we're working on at thebarriscollection.com or follow us on Instagram at thebarriscollection. I'm joined, as always, by my good friend, Ike Goss. Thank you to everyone joining us today. I'm the rivet to Stephen's double-sided tape. I'm the outdated fastener of podcasting. Ike Goss. I own and operate Pangolin 4x4 in Springfield, Oregon, where we live and breathe Land Rovers. Check us out online on Facebook, Instagram at Pangolin 4x4. Let's get started. All right, Ike. So this this week in the news, I know that you are often consulted when it comes to new ultra high-end Range Rover models you know famously the rear True. tailgate seat and stirrups were an idea that you offered so i'm not how i'm not sure how involved you were in this latest in ultra high-end land rover uh, range rover models but the 2023 land rover sv carmel edition but not to be confused with the carmel edition which is just a, a small chocolate range rover full of caramel the Carmel edition. That's an understandable mistake given the color of this new car, which is also It's true. It's, it's they say it's satin bronze, but I'm going to say it's caramel. Yeah, it's caramel. Delicious, yeah. delicious caramel. Yeah. I wonder if it's scented. Do you think it like you get into it and you have like a caramel scent? I hope so. I I I don't see why not. A technology exists. Unrelated to that story, we uh, got a delivery here at the uh, workshop of some shit for the uh, the defender and I think all I can imagine is that on the FedEx truck some essential oils broke open and now the entire bottom floor of the building smells like a uh like a bed bath and beyond. Oh. So, yeah. Is that a good thing? I don't know. I don't know. I think for each person, it uh, you know, you take it take it for your own. I don't know. It smells it smells very vanilla-y down there. It's a Yankee Candle Factory in there, is it? Yeah, it is exactly. Yeah, exactly. Everybody knows if they have COVID because if you don't walk in and complain that it smells like a Bed Bath and Beyond in there, we're like, wait, we take your temperature. When you when you <laughs> show up in the morning, there's some like uh, middle-aged ladies like uh, peering in. Yeah, just rummaging through knickknacks and things we have. Yeah, no, it's nice. So, anyways, we've opened a Bed Bath and Beyond on the bottom floor of the building. But uh, yeah, the the Carmel edition is all of the fancy bits that you get from the regular SV long wheelbase edition. So you get like the crazy ass seats, you get the f little fridge, you get the, that crazy tray table that like robots up and flips open for you and like presents itself. You also get for this particular model, in addition to the SV stuff, you get special edition crystal stemware. Oh. You know, kind of like the Rolls Royce has, right? Where you get the the special glasses for your your bottle of Dom Perignon in the back of your uh, in your tiny little fridge. What I do think is somewhat novel is that you get fitted with two sets of Titleist golf clubs that match the uh, the match the car. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that makes sense. I think you don't you get like a spacesuit when you buy the astronaut edition. So, oh yeah, you might. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure exactly what they 
are going for here. The Carmel, Carmel is a place in California, like a it's in Monterey, yeah, a, a fancy town, right? And and then the color of the car is caramel, yeah. And then the interior of the car, it has it. Correct me if I'm wrong. Blue front seats and like tan leather back seats, something like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So it has two different colors of seats on the inside, and then it comes with golf clubs. Yep. I mean. I'm not sure what to think of this. Who's this for? Well, it, they're only uh, making 17 of them, so not very many people. And uh, mm-hmm. of those 17 people, you will need uh, at least $345,000 U.S. to get yourself into the Carmel edition Range Rover, only being sold, only being sold. And it's, by the way, done. So if you were thinking about getting one because of our stellar review of it too late. I believe all of them are sold and uh, they were only available at the Monterey car week. So you'd have to go visit Land Rover at the Monterey car week. And then you would be able to uh, achieve uh, the purchase of one of these vehicles. Now, some portion of that money is being donated apparently to the uh, Monterey Bay national Marine sanctuary. So, so this is, this is really a vehicle for anyone like if you're a golfer, buy it. Yeah. If you're a animal uh, enthusiast or a conservationist, you should buy this yes. car. If you, if you, uh, now one feature of this car that I'm noticing is it has four wheel steering. Now that's a special feature. That's actually pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, are there any other Range Rover editions that have four wheel steering? I think all the long wheelbase ones do. Yeah, I think because they're the length of an average size condominium complex, you do uh-huh. need the four wheel, the four wheel steering. I don't know how tight that four-wheel steering makes the turn circle. Um, you know, famously, those long wheelbase Range Rovers are not super fun to uh, to drive in a circle. I believe all the long wheelbase ones have that. Uh, we, we went to the long. We should know it, but I, 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 don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, I feel like that's not something they mentioned at the launch. Party. The SV edition, I will say, is super, super nice. But I do think, you know, the funny thing is, is this car costs more then if you were to go to special vehicles where we did in Oxfordshire and go into the super secret room and pick out all of the stuff yourself. Now, in that case, I don't believe it comes with the golf clubs, but I think the golf clubs are like a couple grand. So I think you could probably go get your own golf clubs. Now, they wouldn't be, mm-hmm. I guess, Range Rover edition golf clubs. But now I'm, I'm reading about this and it apparently comes with 35 speakers inside the car that's a pretty good number of speakers yeah the whole inside of the car is speakers, speakers. like the interior is just speakers just speakers tiny speakers everywhere yeah uh, yeah it's uh you know it's interesting again it's it's to the latest land rover trend of uh only uh selling models that are super super expensive because if you can only mm-hmm. build that may be all the long wheelbase range rovers they have parts for. Right? It's only seventeen, so let's make. No, they them. have a lot of they have a lot of these cars. They just they're missing all the chips. Yeah, they know they they had enough to put seventeen chips worth of cars into production, yeah. and so they decided to do it this way. Well, good for them. You know, it's uh, it is a smart looking car. This has got that frozen paint, that uh, matte paint that the mm-hmm. SV does, which I like. It's not a wrap. It's actually painted that way. We looked at the paint when we visited them, and uh, it is cool. It's neat to have a car that's actually painted flat as opposed to just has the scotch tape wrap on the outside of it to uh to make it uh you know to make it flat although i don't know what is it like trying to fix paint damage on a flat car like that is it easier or is it way more difficult probably probably way more difficult i would imagine but i don't know the answer to that it would depend on whether it's a single stage paint and uh, it has a 
a matte or a flattening agent in it, right. or whether it's a, a matte clear on top of a color. Right, a matte clear. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Well, there you have it. So there is the uh, the caramel edition, uh, delicious caramel-centered edition SV Range Rover. So uh, hop out and get one, although you can't because I think they're already sold. So speaking of already sold, how are uh, things up there at the old uh, Pangolin uh, 4x4 uh, shop in uh, in full pack-and-ship mode, I imagine? Yeah, we're uh, we're running around with our hair on fire uh, trying to get our move completed. But uh, yeah, we're we're doing pretty well. You know, we're, we're coming down to the wire but uh, progress is being made each and every day except today where I'm here. That's right. No progress. We are stymieing progress <laughs> for <laughs> entertainment purposes. So, yeah. But uh, uh, yeah, no, things are good. Uh, we're getting uh, various projects, you know, finished, including your old uh, 88. Oh Series yeah. What's 2A. the update on the bug eye? Yeah. The bug eye is, uh, is, uh, you know, getting the soft top. I think we talked about yep. that the last time yep. uh, we did a workshop update. So that is complete. It's got a hoop set. It's got a soft top. The uh, tailgate has been changed to a rear door. Mm -hmm. The uh, 15 inch, like NADA yeah. wheels have been swapped for 16 inch wheels mm -hmm. and XCLs. Uh, the lighting has been uh, upgraded a little bit. Uh, yeah, it's, it's an, it's a super nice car. Uh, the new owner plans to use it in California, so it'll be nice to have the roll up sides, the shade, the, yeah. you know, all of that. So it'll be sweet. I'll have to get them to bring it down, uh, and we can do some before and after photos. We'll park it in the same spot. I took some photos of it before I sent it up to you for insurance purposes. So we'll have to put it in the same spot, get those same, same photos. But, uh, yeah, given the, uh, approval of the Yap, uh, family, uh, we'll put some pictures up on the old Instagram there. I'm sure people would love to, uh, to see that car. I can also uh, post some pictures of when we, uh, when we acquired it in uh, Northern California and, uh, what it looked like, uh, uh, there. So it is, I'm sure a, uh, significant improvement, uh, to it's come a long way. Too. Yeah. It's a nice, a nice looking car. And how goes the move into the new shop? Well, the, uh, floors will be done on Tuesday. So then I can give you a, a move in update after that. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a big project. Uh, going to tear out a lot of offices and, you know, make room for all kinds of spare parts and Land Rovers. Yeah. And all the engine blocks that I'm going to send up to you. So blocks. yeah, got just some, so many engine blocks that are just cluttering up down here. Might as well send them up. I here. subscribed you to the engine block of the week <laughs> <laughs> service. Each and every week you'll get a carefully curated engine block <laughs> from a vintage Land Rover of your, of your choosing. Yeah. It's been, uh, it's been a little chaotic uh, down here uh, because we're uh, hastily approaching uh, Approaching the uh, Rebel Rally uh, that the uh, mm -hmm. that uh, Jenna and Liza are uh, embarking on in the beginning of October, so we are deeply, deeply in rally prep on the Defender. We have new parts coming for a variety of things. We'll talk to the uh, to the girls at some point, maybe even uh, the next show, where they'll go through the list of sponsors. Man, we have got some incredible sponsors. It is amazing the turnout and the the quality of sponsor that has signed up to be a yeah. part of this uh this team it is amazing it's a it's a really crack team of uh you know who's who in the uh, off-road and uh camping 
yeah. manufacturer community. I'm uh, I'm pretty excited to have, to, to have that show and talk about it. Oh, yeah, stuff. it's going to be great. So that's all coming. Wheels, tires. We did manage to get a uh, North American spec uh, raised air intake, so I don't have to make one from scratch because that time, unfortunately, uh, is just uh, we don't have that time anymore. We were able to get the uh, roof rack on. I had an old front runner rack, and as you know, front runner won't sell me parts. So we had to, uh, don't tell them, but we modified their rack, God forbid, to... Uh, is this an anti-sponsorship? It's an anti-sponsorship. <laughs> I'm going to make sure Front Rubber never sponsors us. But we were able to get the, you know, the Max Tracks because God forbid you uh, you leave your house without Max Tracks. Um, Here's a list of people that didn't help us. <laughs> <laughs> so we were able to get that all mounted up and uh, add a, a, a space for a second spare wheel up on the roof. The reason we didn't put it on the hood is because obviously the hood becomes pretty heavy to lift with a full-sized uh, rally wheel and tire and everything on it and uh, pretty hard to see over and, and stuff. So if you can avoid it, uh, it is nice to not have a tire on the hood of your rally car. Also, we're going to put a fiberglass uh, hood on the car um, for sponsorship, a logo placement and that sort of stuff. Uh, didn't know makes it easier we have a, a limited number of places for sponsorship logos so we had to kind of invent some new spaces so both tires have covers on them so that there can be a logo put on top of that there's also quite a bit of drone photography uh during the rebel rally so putting stuff mm -hmm. up on the roof and on the hood is actually a good good spot for uh uh decals for sponsors uh what what <laughs> the de decals if you're from canada oh decals decals now somebody else said decal the other day i was it someone from australia maybe said decal i think it's the rest of the world i think it's the metric it's, it's of possible it's possible naming. those those australians are some backwards people <laughs> so yeah so we're deep into that we have a new racing radiator in the car that uh is super high performance although as soon as you turn the air conditioning on it still overheats although now i think that is a a gauge problem so we're we're getting to the bottom of that mm. had to fabricate some custom brackets to hold the radiator shroud on because it is uh you know, you, you lose 30% of the performance of your brand new fancy radiator if you don't put a shroud on it. So that's all shrouded sure. up. And uh, Ed Testa and the gang down at IE Rovers uh, helped uh, immensely getting a bunch of stuff done while I was uh, in Europe. So the new drive shafts are in, uh, new uh, rear radius arms, uh, and, uh, and a bunch of plumbing in the radiator, getting rid of the old auxiliary heater and some of that stuff. So all good. We'll post up a bunch cool. of pictures on that. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to, uh, to Liza and Jenna very uh, very soon like i said maybe the next episode on the sponsorship front and, and announce all those sponsors and talk about them because yeah man super cool super cool oh, i'm very excited to see all of that that's uh that's incredible we're gonna take a very quick break to hear from this sponsor hear that believe it or not summer is just around the corner luckily armor all america's most trusted auto appearance brand has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armor All products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. Armor All. Less work, more clean. Terms apply. And now back to the show. So speaking of great uh, parts and uh, attaching them to your Land Rover, we have a hugely requested tip-top tech tip for you today around drum brakes so what is your tip top uh, tech tip uh, there Ike? we get a lot of people that call us and they're like my brakes are terrible and i'm trying to investigate why they're terrible but i can't even get a good look at them because my brake drum is stuck 
to the mm -hmm. hub. And there's a few different things that can cause this. And some of them are easy to rectify. And some of them are pretty difficult to rectify. Some of them are tough to uh, get past. So we're going to talk a little bit about how to remove your brake drums from your series Land Rover or your early Defender. Some of those have uh, brake drums on the rear axle. Um, have you ever had this problem, Stephen? You know, I have had this problem. And normally uh, what I do is uh, I just, uh, I smash it with a hammer until it comes apart. I don't know if that's the correct uh, method uh, or not. I think that is outlined in the workshop manual. Uh, that is step six in every operation <laughs> throughout the workshop manual. Just smash it until it comes off, which can be effective, yeah. but... You know, uh, I think if you can, you want to avoid that because the aftermarket brake drums that are commonly available are, uh, I don't know if you know this, not round. Oh. And uh, it's really helpful if a brake drum is round. It really helps <laughs> the stopping ability yeah. of your car. So uh, if you can help, you know, and save or preserve the original, that's that's uh, that's super good. Most of the time, I would say 95% of the time, the reason why the brake drum is stuck to the hub is just the corrosion between yeah. the hub itself yeah. and uh, the brake drum and uh, capillary action has, mm -hmm. has allowed moisture to get between brake drum and the hub and it's just stuck. It just doesn't want to come off. And because there's a backing plate. Yeah, it's hard to get in there. Yeah, you can you can take you can try and take the brake drum screws out. Sometimes the brake drum screws come out, but yeah. the majority of the time they don't. Yeah. The, the these are the countersunk screws that attach the drum to the hub. Yeah. The little flathead. Uh, screw yeah, it's in. a it's a flathead screw, and it's it's pretty large. <laughs> I want to say it's three eighths coarse mm -hmm. thread, mm -hmm. and uh, you'll find that those are difficult to remove yeah. even with a large screwdriver. Yeah. So the tool that's really helpful for that is it's called an impact driver. Yeah. Now. There's two tools that are called an impact driver. One is like a pneumatic or electric yeah. uh, driver that you know accepts different bits. Mm -hmm. That's one type mm -hmm. that most of you are probably familiar with. The other is actually looks a lot like a chisel, yeah. but it's got a cammed mechanism in it. You can also put different bits or even sockets mm -hmm. on the mm -hmm. end of these drivers and you smack it with a hammer and the cam turns yeah. it a little tiny bit. Like it turns it like a 16th of an inch every time you whack it. It's, it's a small amount. It's, it's a small yeah. amount, but it's impactful. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you're doing two things. You're, you're loosening the screw by by uh, uh y you know the impact mm -hmm. loosens the the mechanical connection the the corrosion yep. in the threads yep. and then you're also turning at the same time so it, it is a super helpful tool for removing those screws and i would say 95 percent of the time that works to yep. remove those screws from the drum so if you're just using a screwdriver or even if you're using a screwdriver with a wrench which not everybody knows yep. that you can do a lot of screwdrivers have a a square mm -hmm. Uh, stock kind of, yeah. for the yeah. shank yeah. of the screwdriver so you can put a crescent wrench or put a wrench on there and turn it but that's not always effective so that impact driver which is not super costly it's about maybe 25 dollars mm -hmm. i think it will we'll buy you a decent one and uh that will uh that will be super effective at getting those screws out once you have the screws out sometimes this drum still doesn't want to come off and you can try tapping it, you know, with a brass hammer, mm -hmm. something around the perimeter. You mm -hmm. can turn the drum and tap it so you're not tapping in one place mm -hmm. and try and work that drum off. That doesn't always work, but you'll find that the factory added a threaded hole in addition to the countersunk holes mm -hmm. in the face of the drum. Mm -hmm. Now, that that's no accident. That's to help you remove the drum. 
And uh, that's also, I believe, threaded 3.8 SAE course. Mm -hmm. And uh, you can put a bolt into that, and that forces the drum away from the hub. And then in combination with tapping on the opposite side, most of the time that will allow you to pull the drum off. Very occasionally, you'll find that the shoes have been expanded and then stuck in place. And and this is where it gets tricky. Sometimes this happens when a car has been sitting for years, decades, and uh, brake fluid is hydrophilic. Mm -hmm. And so you'll get moisture inside the wheel cylinder that will freeze Mm -hmm. and then expand Mm -hmm. the, the shoes. And then it'll stick. It'll actually corrode in place. In those cases, you have to kind of go with with your gut there, yeah. Stephen. You have to smash you just it. just smash it until it breaks loose. There's yeah. no way to back off the brake shoes. Yeah. You know, it's always really helpful to back off the mm-hmm. brake shoes before mm-hmm. you try any of these mm-hmm. processes so that you can get them contracted enough to remove the drum. But in that case, the adjuster won't do anything because the brake shoes are seized in place. And there's really no way to get those to to retract if the pistons are corroded. corroded, There's no access to it. So in that case, you have to kind of destructively remove the drum. And I've seen where a a bit of moisture or something gets between the shoe itself and the friction media that is laminated or riveted Mm -hmm. to the outside and will sort of peel it away in a way that it sticks between between the actual shoe itself and the outside of the drum and... Yeah, and sometimes those those linings come loose and they can wedge themselves yeah. between the drum and the, the, the shoe, the metal part of the shoe, yeah. if you will. But a lot of times you can kind of you shift the drum of, back and forth and kind of get it off even if that happens. But uh, when the when the pistons are seized and the you know, there's really a not a lot you can do. You can try unbolting the wheel cylinder mm-hmm. and see if you can get it to wiggle, you know, but uh, more often than not, you're you're kind of stuck there yeah. with that situation. But I would say in the vast majority of cases, using the, the methods that we described, you can get those brake drums off, get access to your brakes and get them fixed. Yeah, that's a great. And what do you do if you do have to replace the brake drums? Do you true the new brake drum or what? what's your suggestion on that? Yeah, yeah, you can get your brake drum turned so they're around. A lot of the aftermarket drums that are available now are are not very high quality, and you have to true them and then also arc the shoes. You'll find that uh, a lot of the manufacturers, if you were to place the shoe uh, onto the drum, it'll only contact at the top mm-hmm. and the bottom. Mm-hmm. So you're only getting a small percentage of the friction area, the total friction area that you should have. So that's something you want to check before you install shoes on genuine drums or you know, shoes on aftermarket drums is how is that arc, you know, uh, affecting your braking capacity. So you want to put that shoe up to the drum and there are places, friction shops that will arc the shoe either by, uh, turning the drum or shaving the shoe down, chamfering the shoe Mm -hmm. that, so you can get it so that the full arc of the shoe is, is contacting the drum and that'll make sure that your brakes are working there. Yeah, there's a place here in the valley that I go to that is uh, Van Nuys Drum Brakes. I love uh, California and Los Angeles specifically because we have so much of that, you know, car, custom car restoration Mm -hmm. sort of stuff. And actually, they're three doors down from Just Dashes, which all they do is dashes. They do dashes mostly for like vintage sports cars and things, but, uh, but they'll, they'll do any dash. And, uh, it's really, they do beautiful work. They relay the foam and hand sculpt it so that it's exactly the way it was supposed to. And then they have a, like a vintage vacuum form, like vinyl vacuum forming machine that rewraps the thing in vinyl. It's, uh, it's pretty great. 
It's pretty cool. So yeah, if you have one of those garbage cars from the late sixties <laughs> through the seventies, it's definitely crap. <laughs> With a terrible dash. If you have a Series 3, it has a crack in the dash. <laughs> and just dashes in uh, in Burbank. I think they're technically in Burbank. Uh, we'll, we'll fix it. Uh, but, uh, sure. but yeah, no, it's a great, that's a great point. Because, uh, yeah, new aftermarket uh, brake parts. Uh, you wonder why you go on to a, a Land Rover parts shop uh, website and you're like, wow, these brake parts are so cheap. Like, why? <laughs> well, I'll just replace it. But mm, an ounce of caution is definitely due there because they're so cheap for a reason. You know, they are inexpensive and, uh, you know, it, it takes a lot of effort to get those to work properly. So if you can reline your original shoes, if you can save your original drums, you know, typically you'll find the the braking capacity or braking ability of your vintage Land Rover will be far, far greater than replacing all that stuff with new with aftermarket, aftermarket parts. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking for some front brake drums for my stage one as they are uh, corroded so badly around the outside of the drum that it's serrated. They still work. Work. They still work. They actually work quite well, but I have to rebuild the swivel housings. So, I might, you know. I might, I might have some yeah. hiding away yeah. somewhere. Yeah. All right, I'll. Uh, Maybe there'll be a holiday. You'll get it back. Let me see. <laughs> that sounds fantastic. Oh, Ike, this just in: some late breaking yeah. news. Uh, I'm not sure Let's if you're it. aware, but uh, our good friend uh, uh, Will Hendrick, uh, his brother, uh, is selling one of his two 110 Camel Trophy uh, defenders on uh, Bring a Trailer. Uh, I re- I'm remiss that we didn't get with Dan and Ivan and do a live stream of this closing, but uh, there was too much going on this morning. We just couldn't do it. But that uh, that defender has just sold. Would you like to wager a guess at what it sold for? Uh, let's say 156. 156. It was actually 127. 127. Ah, I actually feel like it's that a bit, uh, that's a little bit low. I thought it would be more than that just based on what mm-hmm. the last Camel Trophy Discovery sold for. I thought this would be a little bit more desirable. And it might just be, see, this is where I'd love to have, uh, to talk to Dan and Ivan. Maybe we'll, we got to get them on the show again and, uh, and do a wrap up of all of these. But that feels low to me, no? I guess I didn't know. You know, I didn't uh, look at the auction previously or see the condition or know the history of that vehicle. Did that, you think that uh, factored into the final Maybe, price? I mean, it was a radio truck, I guess. It wasn't a competitor vehicle. And I think the last okay. discovery that sold for like uh, quite a bit, I think it was maybe around that same amount. Um, it uh, It was a competitor vehicle. Um, which are normally more beaten up uh, because the competitors are are not professional Land Rover drivers in many cases. And so especially some of the teams, certainly, certainly not the U.S. or the U.K. teams. We would never accuse uh, Bob Ives and uh, company of, uh, of not being professional <laughs> drivers. But there are some Eastern European teams, namely, that, you know, <laughs> we're, we're not so nice to their vehicles. And so they can be pretty badly damaged. This, uh, from what I've seen in the pictures and, and from briefly talking about it, it's a great car. It looks like it was restored nice. at one point and uh, it's in really good shape, runs well. It's not a it's not a TDI motor. It's an original diesel motor because this is from uh, this is from 91 mm-hmm. and so it's a it, but it's a cool car it's a really neat original camel trophy event used car lots of pictures of it stuff like that so right yeah on. i kind of I, I kind of thought it would do it would do a little bit more but still $127,000 is still a very very respectable solid. number yeah very respectable yeah that's, that's good number, so Right yeah, on. so congratulations there on on that uh, on that sale. Yeah, no, be interesting to see, you know, kind of follow the market on those cars. As I know you do since you have a Camel Discovery constantly bumping up the insurance on the on the Discovery. So, um and then uh finally today, like I uh, I don't know if you noticed, but we did an Instagram poll. 
no one asks for these, but we do them anyways. And uh, <laughs> that was uh, that poll was uh, what do you call a group of Land Rovers? So you have a a murder of crows. Uh, you mm-hmm. have a, a for instance, if you have a if you have a bunch of uh, of bros hanging out, uh, we refer to those as a, a vape of bros. Um, mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. uh, what would you call? A, uh, a gaggle of a Land Rovers, a whole group of Land Rovers together. I, I submitted an answer to that. I don't know if you yeah, noticed. I, did, it, yeah. it, I, I, I submit that it's a, a leak of Land Rovers. I think, that's, I think that's exactly right. Some other really good ones were uh, a slick of Rovers, which I think is in the same, sort of in the same yeah, vein, the same right? Vein. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a pride of uh, Land Rovers, speaking to the sort of uh, safari, uh, you know, heritage, maybe. I think it's more of a shame of yeah, Land Rovers, isn't it? <laughs> so I think that's it's also good. That's also good. Uh, and then and then a gaggle of green ovals, which I also I also gaggle like of a green gaggle ovals. of green ovals. I, yeah, I think that's nice. pretty good. Yeah, I think though a, a shame of Land Rovers is uh, certainly vintage Land Rovers. That's the <laughs> that's the right way. Uh, that's the right way to look at it. A tetanus of Land Rovers, uh, maybe. Uh, there you something, go. Uh, to that effect. Uh, well, it's uh, it's that time again uh, where we must uh, depart back into. Uh, the uh into trying to contract tetanus from uh one of our uh, vintage land rovers so as always feel free to uh pop on over to the underpowered hour store grab yourself a tiny ike sticker or a little notebook or uh any number of uh, of things we're getting ready for the the christmas season and oh man do we have some fun We've got some fun stuff coming up that will be uh, limited and exclusive just for the uh, holidays so that you can uh, get that special someone in your life. Uh, the Stephen, Stephen Barris uh, monogrammed thong. Oh, it's going to be great. Get Let yours. me tell you, yeah. Get yours this holiday mm-hmm, season. Mm-hmm. It's just the right amount of itchy and, and soft. So, yeah. <laughs> it's burlap. Yeah, it's burlap. It's burlap. But it's like, a, it's like a hand-spun burlap. It's really nice. Yeah, it's, it's really nice. Cosmoline-embedded burlap. <laughs> Completely fire-retardant, uh, coincidentally. So it's great. Um, and uh, if you uh, so happen to wander over to the Apple Podcast site and uh, pop down a, a positive review, uh, we would certainly appreciate that as that helps other people uh, find the show. Why they would want to or why you would want others to find it, I don't know. Uh, but, uh, but Liza would appreciate it. So don't do it for us. Do it, do it for last. It's worthwhile. I think so. It's worthwhile. Well, see you, Stephen. I really enjoyed our chat today, and I'm um, looking forward to next time. All right. Good luck with the move. Don't get crushed under any old Land Rover parts. I'm sure I will. Till next time. The Underpowered Hour is produced by Liza Barris, Ike Goss, and me, Steve Barris. Pavel Svartov composed and performed our theme music. Consider supporting the show on Patreon, and if you already do, thank you. Your support makes the show possible. For even more, check out our Instagram or Facebook.